0: That's noom.com to sign up today.
1: Hey there. Welcome, Nick Pollock and friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today, joining me is someone that moderated the panel I was on in First Bitch, Arizona. It was an honor to join Michael Govier on stage. Michael, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you, Mr. Pollock. I'm here with you and your friends, although really it's just... I'm the one friend today, Well, but I get spirits. to
1: all the spirits of the friends are, are watching that's right. and applauding. I get to join the pantheon right now. Yes. That's right.
2: There's a pantheon <laughs> of friends that I am now a part of and it's great to be here. Yeah. We had a great time. And that was if I was told maybe people lie to me, I don't know, but they said it was a interesting panel. They learned a few things and we had a great crew. I mean, not only yourself, but we had Jeff Siverman and Chris Clegg, who yeah. uh, is now a part of your picture world yes. as well. So, oh, I have, and so I said, I felt like, it. you know, that panel kind of breeded the beginning of like, we got to have Clegg. We got to get Clegg. This guy's I awesome.
1: Know, we got to get Clegg. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was, that was a fun panel of, it felt very much just like a uh, public forum almost, like the town hall meeting. <laughs>
2: Well, Rob Silver really grilled you. I know that was well, a revenge he, he, vendetta. He, yeah, yeah so. that was from last year. Yeah, yeah.
1: But no, it was really fun. Like, you know, the we, we had a basic setup, and then we were running with it, and they just kind of devolved into, like, what do you guys want to talk about? Let's just, okay, over here. Throw out a you name. Have, you know? And that's actually some of the most fun uh, of first pitch, and who better to lead something like that than you? Michael J. Mitch Govia. Keller, Go. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, if you need that, I got you. But no, we're not going to talk about fantasy baseball on this podcast. We're going to learn about Michael Govier and talk about wisdom and life and everything that he is going through himself. Uh, first and foremost, what are you going through right now? What? Where can people find what you do and where you're located on social media?
2: Well... Look, I do the Palazzo podcast. If you like fantasy baseball, uh, we have the YouTube as well. So I also do fantasy football with that when I added that this year, it was a choice I made. So I like fantasy football. I play it. So now the Palazzo podcast does both. But really, I separate the episodes. So if you don't like football, it's always titled, hey, fantasy baseball episode, fantasy football episode. It's very clear. It's not complex. You figure know. it
1: out. I so, love the the name of it where it's derived from, of course. Of course,
2: a movie that's going to be 40 years old. Eventually, it's a very old film from 1988.
1: (laughs) Tell me that it's in 1988, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the year I was born. So I hope it's never 40. (laughs)
2: Well, I hate to break it to you, dude, but you are going to be 40. I have a very good feeling about these things and you're going to make it. In fact, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to make it. We're
1: always so surprised about time man. it's the most consistent thing in our life. I don't, it's the most
2: consistently surprising thing to everybody. Like, oh my God, where did the time go? We're always saying that. And I know it's something that people say sometimes when they have nothing to say, but it mm. does blow my mind. It does. It blows my mind individually when I think about, like, wow, I'm 42 now. I think like, I, death could happen eventually. It, I mean, I know it's way off still, hopefully, but man, it's like, it's the first time in my life where I'm like, oh my God, I'm kind of like halfway there. And that's a, <laughs> That's kind of frustrating for me because I hey, love life. It's such a great right? time. Yeah. Whoa, halfway there. But uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay.
1: So Govia, you do the Palazzo podcast, uh, football and baseball, but you do other work as well. I mean, you're on FTN yeah. right now. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I totally forgot to mention. That's the first thing I should mention because they pay me. Uh, <laughs> yes. I work at I work at FDN, which is a wonderful place to work. Yeah. Uh you do baseball. They do everything there. I mean, I actually, I found my gambling chops there. I, I didn't know. Yeah. You know, sports betting is a strange place because it's always been filled with a lot of unsavory characters, I guess, is a way to put it. Sure, there's a
1: culture to it that can be very aggressive. Aggressive, yes. It can be tough to endure.
2: Yeah, and... Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of movies made about gamblers who are scumbags, or you know, just people who take advantage of people. And also, gambling can be something that leads to addiction, right, yeah. and it can ruin people's lives. So I, I understand all that. I mean, I, I'm someone who's you know I've lived that life of addiction. I understand that. But so I just found out that I I have a real knack for it because of just the wisdom I've gained in my life, my experiential knowledge combined with a little bit of research is. It's helped me to be as good as anybody else. And I've done that at FTN. I've discovered that about myself this year. And that's, that's a nice, it's just another uh, trait I can offer because the more it becomes legal now, that's the other thing. It used to be underworld only and now it's becoming more legal across states across the country. So I do that over there. It's fun at FTN. Check it out. If you want to learn about betting, you want to just do lo- season long or DFS, they do it all really well there. FTN. There we go. Thanks awesome. for reminding me I worked there.
1: Yeah, no problem. I got you. Uh, and your Twitter handle is what with a wonderful now hand drawn avatar of you.
2: Oh, uh, that's the best part about working FDN—they give you a custom hand drawn avatar. It's beautiful. It's a <laughs> characterization. It's like those things you do when you go to the local fair and someone does a cartoon, Absolutely. a caricature, right? That's yeah. what it's called, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's just not a word.
1: No, that, yes, that's, that's right. That's 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 what those are called. That's literally what, it's what
2: like it is. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at MJ Govier, so you can follow me there. And If you want to talk about anything, like Nick said. Yeah, I work at FTM, but I didn't even mention I, you know, me and Leanne, we still do our first day pod, which is like a, you know, personal development pod, whatever you want to yeah. call it. I know it's look, that was something that we almost pod faded on for the first time in my life. I, I never thought I would pod fade. We're this close. We didn't do a show for three months, but we came back, so we did. Maybe we is a pod fade temporary or permanent? You tell me.
1: Well, there's pod ghosting, right? More- oh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just assuming that would be a thing. You just kind of forget about it and let it sit and they just don't (laughs) don't make an announcement about it. It just doesn't exist anymore. Um, Pod fading feels like, yeah, it's not gone yet. So you can bring it back.
0: Hmm.
2: Okay, well then we did a little bit of both. You're allowing it. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. That's (laughs) a fun one to do. And then I do Cinema 9. We love movies. Are are you big into movies? I don't know if we've really talked much about film. Why not? You know, sure I, why not
1: <laughs> I, I mean i'm not i would not call myself a film buff in any way but i mean i'm i'm in the zeitgeist for the most part you know i get it <laughs>
2: i like to keep up
1: on things i like yeah, i but... like movies you know they're, they're good they're entertaining you yes. know i don't i don't go to the theater that much though
2: neither do i i can't remember the last time i went to the theater i mean these days right. that's part yeah. of what we talk about on the show too is you know do things hold up we talk about movies that are a little bit older, a little bit newer. We did uh, one for 2015 recently, too, so it could be a little bit newer. It just depends on the week. We get to choose. We have guests on. It's a lot of fun. If you love movies, check out Cinema 9. And I think uh, that's it. I'll, that's all the... Uh, Lovely stuff. Oh, I do, <laughs> that's all the stuff I do. Yes. There you go.
1: Beautiful. Uh, the real reason I want you on is I have one burning question I've been dying to ask you for ages. Really? What is the J in Michael J. Govier?
2: Oh... That's not ob- you don't know that no one knows
1: is this something don't people know. don't know? I have no idea.
2: It's real simple. It's just uh, Jason, a boring oh. old Jason.
1: Lovely. I mean, if if it was Jay like Homer J. Simpson, I would have really enjoyed that. Uh, I've, I've
2: taken advantage of the J a lot. I mean, I took advantage of in when I grew up in the eighties as a child, you know, Michael Jordan, MJ, mm-hmm. and then Michael J. Fox, you know, so that was like really right. cool. That was what I thought of, but. Um, it's just Jason. It's nothing exciting. I don't know where well, the hell it came from.
1: You, oh, really? Yeah. You just, there's not like a, a relative? or a... <laughs> No! There's no it's Jason I've ever me. heard yeah. of. <laughs> so, uh, so so, why do you go by Michael J. Govier as opposed to just Michael Govier? I don't think I know I'm another Michael Govier. Well,
2: I'm, my, I'm Michael Govier, but there are other Michael Goviers out there, Nick. In fact, what? I don't, you know, you're a busy guy, so you can't catch all of these things, but a couple of years ago this is very recent history in 2020 during the covid year there was a guy who won an oscar his name was michael govier flat Get out out of here i'm telling you i i have the clip no I, I gotta Are i should really, use it more on the really? show really? yes there <laughs> really right? was it was done by reese witherspoon she was the one who presented the category so it just so happens that i've always had like a Thing. I guy? love Reese Witherspoon. I had a crush for Reese Witherspoon since I was a kid. She's the same age as me, so I've always loved her work. And she, of all people, said my name. So I had a happy moment at the Oscars a couple years ago when I just happened to be watching, and they said my name. I'm
1: like, "What me? Michael Govier? But it's not me. Wow. Okay. It's a true story. Yeah, I just I looked them up. I feel like I recognize this guy, but I don't know if I do. He kind of looks like mm. Seth Rogan, but he's not. <laughs>
2: He did a it's an no. animated short, by the way, about gun violence. So, yeah, well, whatever. All right. Well,
1: I'm sure that's good then. Uh, oh, I'm sure it is.
2: Yeah, he's doing good things with the world. And I'm happy to be associated with Michael Govier, <laughs> who's making a contribution to society. All
1: right, so I get it now. Michael J. Govier, you know, now now yeah. it all makes sense to me. I'm So this is why I ask these questions, you know. All right, that's been a great show. Thank you, everybody, for coming by. I got the answer that I was looking for. it been a pleasure, everybody. Thank you now, so much. You, you guys might remember Michael J. Govier from PitchCon of 2022. Um, one of the best presentations, if you ask me, Um, I can't even tell you what you discussed exactly, but it was a sermon on the game of baseball is what it was. It was, uh, it's on our YouTube channel. You should take a look at it. It, I remember you, you said you wanted to do a presentation for an hour. I said, whatever Govier wants to do, I'm just going to let him do it. I don't know what this is. You did. And I I didn't even ask any questions. I just said, all right, here's Michael Govier. And I, I just remember sitting back like a like everybody else, just going, all right, what do we got? And this is, <laughs> it was the best. It was, I couldn't tell you how many messages I got privately being saying how much they enjoyed that presentation. So um, there's there only certain people that can do something like that and pull that off, and you were absolutely one of them. So I want to applaud you for that.
2: Oh, thank you, brother. That's very kind of you. I, I'm glad uh, that it happened because... If you didn't do PitchCon, that never would have happened, and I never would have tried to push myself to do that, which it's a lot easier just to, believe it or not, it's a lot easier to kind of sit back and not do things like that because <laughs> it was it was strange. I had a concept, I but I didn't really, I didn't write it out. I, I wanted to talk about the game and why it's a great game still, and there is right. hope for the game and what it means to us, and that all made sense. Yeah. But... I didn't know where it would go. And frankly, uh, maybe I should have worked on it a little bit more. Maybe I should have organized it a bit more. But I, I'm i happy with the result because you gave me a chance to do something. And whatever that is, is what it was. So that's how I feel about it. And I'm glad that you gave me the chance to do that. It's uh, fun. It was fun. It was something different. I've never done anything like that. I
1: haven't. I'm looking forward to the next one, of course, uh, when you come back. In January. <laughs> what? <laughs> I
2: got to follow that up now? There's no way. Actually, I got to be honest, I'm not trying to, I'm not a very, I'm a modest guy. I'm very reasonable, but I believe sure. I could do a lot better. I really do.
1: I I would I think, love to see it because that was incredible. Yes. You set such a high bar. Uh, it's rare <laughs> for a sequel to I eclipse know. the original. Yeah. You I, are I a movie I buff. Knew. I I'm knew Michael it. Jay. You
2: love movies. Oh, see, yeah, yeah. there it is. I
1: said I love movies, but I'm not a buff. <laughs> I know the reality of sequels being a money chaser as opposed to a quality chaser.
2: I guess that you would know, be a basic piece of information a lot of people like would know.
1: It's a story that actually is dying to be told. It's more of we made a really great story, and that's why this first one was made. Oh, that wouldn't work. Oh, no. Now we have to create more to make more money. Exactly. That's but right. But anyway, so let's get, let's get to you, Govier, and how we often start on these are, let's talk about the beginnings of Michael J. Govier. So tell us, give us the scene of, of seven, eight-year-old Michael J. Govier, what were the uh, dreams and aspirations and where were you growing up?
2: Hmm. Well, let's see. Seven, eight year old Michael Govier. That was 1987, 88 in uh, Livonia, Michigan, a suburb of Metro Detroit. And my parents had just got divorced by then. So, you know, they got divorced when I was five or six. I think it was finalized when I was six. So that was, I didn't know anything better about it. I was just, a kid, I didn't have a previous life experience to go on. So I just thought this is life and It was a challenge. It was a real challenge, but I had a lot of... I really thought I wanted to be a broadcaster. I loved sports at a young age, and frankly, I don't know where sports came from, and baseball in particular, because my dad wasn't a baseball nut, and like I said, my parents were divorced, and I didn't see him a lot for a while there. And My mom raised us, and a lot of credit to my mother. My mother raised three young boys. I have two younger brothers. I'm the oldest of three boys, so she went from being a homemaker with a basic high school education to having to raise us and go into the 90s. And I I have a lot more respect for that now. I didn't because I was a punk kid when I was younger. But sure, yeah. now I look back and I'm like, man, that's like that's an all-American story right there. A lot of credit to my mother for making that happen. She had nothing and she made herself into something. That's yeah. that's good stuff. Yeah, definitely. But baseball I don't know where that love came from. I really don't. I guess it's probably trading cards. Just trading cards were there and I would play with them and I would put the teams in order on the floor. And I wanted to be in I wanted to be a part of baseball. I I thought as I got a little bit older into 11, 12 years old, I thought maybe I could be a sportscaster, a radio play by play. Ernie Harwell was a hero here in Detroit, one of the best to ever do it as a play by play guy. So I was like, oh, I want to be like Ernie Harwell. I really, really thought about that.
1: So. can you give us the best ernie harwell that you can do right now
2: oh man that is so difficult uh, that is a, let me see what I can do here ernie <laughs> harwell uh hey stood there like a house by the side of the road and watched that one go by struck him out that's the best that's, I got that's, that's good. not that's even good
1: i, I, I don't like know it. you know that, that, I, mm. no disservice to you ernie rest in power my friend good <laughs> god I, so all right so so you were into sports broadcasting at all did you pursue that in any way? I did. Uh, you
2: know, I when I was in high school, I, I kind of started to go sideways. I, I grew up really fast. I felt like when I said about the life I had, I needed to take on a lot of responsibilities as a youngster. So yeah, sure. I was watching our brothers and given a lot of responsibilities as the elder of the household next to my mother at the time. And by the time I got to high school, I guess I wanted to go backwards even though I didn't say that outwardly. I just <laughs> rebelled and started going in different directions. Mm-hmm. So, I Central Michigan University is a wonderful communications school. In fact, the esteemed Dick Enberg went there. Oh yeah. But yeah, every Dick Enberg, national Amazing. play-by-play voice, football, yeah. baseball, he did it all. He went to He was the guy that they always said Dick Enberg went here. So, I right. was like, "Oh, I'd love to be like Dick Enberg, but So I did go to Central Michigan, despite my uh, slipping in grades towards the end of my high school career, which is filled with just hours of funny stories that I'm sure would entertain you all. But let me just skip to the point where (laughs) I went to Central Michigan. I actually made it in there and I tried out for their, I guess, their news programs, what you call it. They had a station and this is 1998, remember? So the Internet is alive, but it's not mixed in at all like we have today. And you have a they had like a local access channel with the studio. And I tried out for the sports anchor as a true freshman and I didn't get it. And I thought, what the hell? Why didn't I get it? I was pissed and I gave up, which is <laughs> so stupid. A very regrettable error now that I look back upon it because it's OK to fail, Mike. That's something I know now. But 18 year old Michael Govier did not know that.
1: Sure. You just you just call yourself Mike. I, I, I think it's the first time I heard you call yourself Mike.
2: Yeah, that is weird. I don't know why I just did that. Did but, you, you know, when you get up Pollock
1: and friends, anything can happen. <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
2: can
1: I call you Mike Govier? Is that how other people call you or is it always Michael?
2: Well, people really know me a lot. They call me Goves or they don't really call me by my first name. So, But you can call me whatever you want. Oh, I'm welcome.
1: So, no, there's a lot to go off of on there. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Something I say a lot is what is development, if not failure. Um, and uh, it's common. I mean, you fail at something, it's really hard to get back on the horse and actually keep pursuing that thing. And you should, you know, have no blame to yourself. That's I life. I don't think you're giving yourself, but it's, uh, you know, I, I I, know that I failed in many things at that time. I was just like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> but talking about high school, you said you had many stories. Are there any that are PG rated? That
2: yeah, I've t- I knew that you'd probably say that. In fact, I thought about it from that perspective because this is Pollock and Friends. We're yeah. classy, this is a classy broadcast. Classy,
1: indeed. Right.
2: We learn a lot, but we keep it classy, San Diego. So, <laughs> well, I, the one, I got, I almost got kicked out of school my senior year of high school in the second semester. And the reason it happened is because I'm a moron. So there's actually a great lesson to be learned here, especially. This is really apropos for the world we live in now. For any of you youngsters who may be in high school and you don't want to make the mistakes that I made, because this was a mistake that you don't want to make, because I almost got expelled. To get expelled or almost expelled last semester of high school is really hard yeah. to do. Yeah. So we had a TV production class. Again, I was trying to focus on this. We actually did have public access. It just come to our tiny little town of Heartland, Michigan. It's mm-hmm. not spelled H-E-A. It's H-A-R-T. And I thought, hey, all right, I'll learn more about TV production my last semester of school here. One of the goals was to learn basic camera shots. They, back then in 98, big old cameras, this huge TV like oh, yeah. cameras. And we took those out, you popped a VHS tape in it, and we had to learn basic shots. So we had this group project where you were with five other people. Hey, we'll. We'll learn how to do these shots and someone will be the cameraman and someone will set up the shots and blah, blah, blah. So we recorded it all. And then we're going to show our presentation to the class. And the problem was, is I had done a couple of unsavory things that we recorded with the teacher where I had, uh, I had done, I I had made him look the fool, a, a terrible fool. And then we decided to show it in front of the whole class. And I don't know how I ever allowed that to happen, but that video was played in real time with the teacher standing there while the teacher was being embarrassed by yours truly. And, and the class. <laughs> I got to tell you, this is not exaggeration. The class was in uproarious laughter. So imagine being that teacher. The class is dying, just dying with laughter because it's so absurd to see what's happening. And also, by the way, this teacher was, he was a really kind of cold, cruel dude. So people didn't really have a lot of, Like if it was somebody else who'd really been a a mentor to them, they'd probably be like, oh, this isn't cool. But for that guy, it kind of was just desserts. So in a way, it was funny, but he didn't think it was funny. And uh, that's how I almost got expelled. Basically, the principal said, look, you're done. I got I had to resign as the secretary of our class. I I was the secretary (laughs) senior year. I had to resign.
1: (laughs) I, I can't imagine. Oh, my gosh. You like had to issue out a statement and maybe one person read it, you know? Yeah. It was in the local,
2: the high school paper. Michael Gove resigns from the secretary position. Uh, (laughs) Melanie Kalinski will take over as the intern.
1: Fox 23 news reporting.
0: (laughs)
2: Oh, I will tell you this, though. This is still PG. I'm not saying anything cruel, but in yeah. 1996, our school was on A Current Affair, like those gossip shows back before TMZ, Why? A Current Affair, Inside Edition, yeah. because the football team had hired strippers and it oh. got out all across the country. Like it became a national story. I'm not kidding. 1996, Heartland, Michigan, football team, hired strippers for a pregame thing before they, you know, usually it's spaghetti dinners, Friday night, spaghetti dinner, get ready for the big game. Nope, sure. they did that. So we became... Yeah. We had a weird reputation by then. So,
1: oh my gosh, um, I actually, <laughs> I, I'm, am thinking of like the thing I got most in trouble for in school, and I, it was when I was in fifth grade. I, I it was, uh, yeah. You have to understand, I went to Berkeley Carroll and their high school and their middle school. So middle school for us is fifth through eight, and then high school is nine through twelve, and they're they're split, but they are in the same building. Ah, um, and I, uh, so, but like you know, they're the kind of like segmented and everything. And there was a teacher who I had known um, through like the camp growing up a little bit. Um, Rest his soul, Peter Shakeshaft, wonderful guy. And uh, but he was also was like the varsity soccer coach and was worked more with high schoolers and everything. And he passed by while I was with my friend doing tongue twisters. Um, And I was saying toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, right? And I was getting it really bad. And uh, Mr. Shakeshaft uh, came through and he said, you know, be careful, Nick, if you keep saying that, people might think something of you, right? And my reaction is like, I, I'm, I'm I'm 10, okay? <laughs> I, I, am, I think of whenever someone says anything about you, about like that could be in any way like a diss, the appropriate response is always, well, then I would be like you. So I, said that, to, so I said that to the teacher, so to Mr. Shakeshaft. And then he said, my office after school, which had never happened to me. It happened like on The Simpsons, okay?
0: <laughs> or like,
1: you know, like Full House or something like that. And I just like, I was in tears. I, I went to it and he was telling me all these things like, you know, normally I would do this. I would require like a five-page paper, I'm like five page paper. Jeez. You know, and all this stuff for apologies, all of that. But I know you and I'm gonna let you go. And it like scarred me. It ooh. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was that was the most I got in trouble, I think. Instead. You never got in trouble again. I don't know. I was I was too nervous. I, I had I I now am on medication for anxiety, but I didn't know how much anxiety i had like, oh okay. i had so much of it but i was never diagnosed or anything so i became so paranoid all the time of stuff and it stuck like i hate that i was as like naive and anxious um but yeah no i didn't i don't think i did unless i blocked it from my memory right now but that's the first Very one i yeah <laughs> but that, that's the one i mean a little different um than yours i uh, and i can i I have an idea of what you were doing in that video. If you want to act it out for me, cause they can't see it. Uh, just oh yeah. Yeah. My suspicions. Yep, that's exactly the one. Oh, is that exactly that's what you thought exactly it was? Okay. what I thought yeah. it was. Yeah.
2: Oh, there's yeah, one other on thing too though. And there was, that yeah. was one of two. Yes. That was one of two. The other one was, I just, uh, think of the, think of the moon, a beautiful yeah. evening.
0: Oh yeah. no, you just didn't. Board, you did yeah. that?
2: Yeah, on the camera.
1: <laughs> to the not like
2: uh, like yeah, yes, yeah. That's a fact. This is not an exaggerated oh, go story. Via. Yeah,
1: govier Yeah,
2: that that was that's Did like a crime. That might be werewolves? a crime now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, hey. Be smart. Don't do stupid stuff oh, like that. Okay. I was very fortunate. I was very fortunate that I was not expelled. All so. right.
1: Well, you said you had many stories. I got to hear one more because I don't want the last one to be thinking about is that one. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess maybe. Uh. So you do have one more, <laughs> right? And and let's let's talk about it right after this break.
0: Fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss.
1: you moved the camera
0: yeah
2: yeah i did full on so that was (laughs) i don't know what i was thinking i mean it was worse than the uh the pumping of the teacher from behind who didn't know i was there so
1: yeah i mean that's i mean how what else That was like
2: happy gilmore stuff you know that's what i like back then you didn't
1: just do this or something like you clearly no 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 no
2: it was a happy gilmore thing yeah i mean that was a big movie at the time so that's his fault i'm gonna blame adam sandler
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Oh. Yeah, my, my oh. dad got kicked out of school for stuff. But yeah. Oh, well, no, he that's another. Uh, he was just too smart. They essentially uh, he, he skipped a grade and then they made him go back to freshman year when he was a senior or like he uh, he when he was a senior, they didn't let him graduate. They said, up you know, credits. So he had to come back and get oh my like, god! So he came back at, like to join the freshman as an older student. He's like, what? I don't I shouldn't be here. And oh he essentially gosh. like. First day was a globe, and everyone went up in order to identify as many countries as they could. a <laughs> the third person, and he named the entire globe. <laughs> and like the teacher said, "Are you making a joke of this class?" I'm like, "Yeah," because it is a joke. And then he left, and that was the last day of school for him. <laughs> Holy crap! That's all. Aw- yeah,
2: that dad. is a, not the story yeah. you would expect. Okay, that's
1: yeah. Well, wow. that, that's, that's where thought. you come but from. Anyway, yeah. well, I'm curious about uh, the second story that you have.
2: Well, uh, like I said, yeah, a lot of fascinating stories from the high school days. And I'm thinking that the one that's most appropriate for this one is when I was in. So I mentioned what happened with the uh, football team in 96. So I was in drama. Yeah. And I was in the play and we always we did the play. There was the assembly play for the school. Yeah, we're going to do one version for the school so they could see how great we are because we only did really, you just did a weekend of performances and that was it for each semester. Right, it, was, right, right, it was very right. brief. So yeah. to do one more show was a big deal. So we did uh, Sherlock Holmes in 10th grade Oh, nice! and I was a paper boy. So I had my English accent cause we were trying to do more. I was, I was a paper boy in the corner. It's like 1892 or whatever. And I'm supposed to be yelling about, uh, the Thames. you know, I, I can't even do it now. I don't know how I did it back then to Hello, That I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to do that anymore. I've, I've yeah, lost that it. Yeah, that was,
1: um, I don't know if that was the, your best. It wasn't. No,
2: no. It wasn't. It was, a, it was <laughs> like touching, touching, and touch and read all about it. Uh, I can't, I lost it. I was a child. I was more innocent back then. But either yeah, way, we had to yell out these newspaper headlines. And right. uh, while I was doing that, one of my friends decided right, by, <laughs> right before oh, no. I was supposed to yell out one of my headlines, he just, Yelled out this chant that was vulgar, uh, but you had no idea where it came from because it was an auditorium of 800 people or a thousand right, people, maybe. Right. It was a big auditorium. We had a really nice auditorium at Hartland High School back then, and it totally threw me off. And I was so mad. I was so angry at him. I knew exactly who it was because I knew his voice. I knew I know who he is right now. If he hears this, he'll he'll know I'm talking about him right now. <laughs> we're still friends to this day, believe it or not. But yeah, I remember how angry I was and I was furious at him because he totally threw me off and I thought it ruined my performance. But uh, yeah, that was yeah. that was uh, uh, example. So,
1: okay, so there are there are other elements. There was um, when we were juniors, the seniors. Uh, it there was there was like such a rivalry between us and them. And, uh, we, um, we, we had a joint, uh, trip away to Frost Valley. Mm. Um, it's, it's up in, in New York. And, uh, this night before we all left, there was like, essentially we were, you know, doing, you know, having like a campfire and someone was playing guitar and they raided us with water balloons. Right. We knew that there would be something like each night. They're like people on guard because we knew that there was going to be some shenanigans happening, right? <laughs> and like shenanery. the teachers, I felt so bad for them because they were just like, they had to do this. They're like, well, what? Uh, they're like, all right, something's gonna happen, and like, we're not gonna be able to do anything about this. So, uh-huh. I we had a plan, and that was to steal milk, like crates of milk from the cafeteria. And we were going to sneak up into their bunks. Um, so like, so essentially what happened, like it's different parts of the camp. So their raid comes on. And then when the girls went to their cabin, they lined up along the way and threw water balloons at them. Right. Oh, Which was, so, which was like. They were like they didn't want anything to do with it. It was really just the boys against the boys, and then they like it <laughs> was like what what is this? Like this isn't fair, right?
2: Why is this happening?
1: So i so, uh, I was part of the the crew that stayed back. Um, some other people who I will not name because they still don't know who uh, <laughs> went through the woods and with like crates and were handing out these like little cartons of milk to everybody. And there were like, I mean, there was one teacher who. Uh, who uh, was so furious was like swearing at the kids in in, in the forest like get out of here wow. Are you get out you know, whatever would catch one and like caught my friend and like said go on get back and like spanked him and like <laughs> sent him back and it was a thing like what? we should not have done that teacher um <laughs> and i uh, yeah. and then the, the the so the kids actually made it all the way up to the the bunks without like quickly oh. without them noticing because they were away from the camp right you know they, they yeah. leave the the castle protected so they literally poured milk onto the bunks of these kids because they recognized oh. like who the worst offender was and just poured it right yeah. next day we find out that the the director of the upper school that was with us knew something was going on so that it was in the room and slept with the kids that were of the, the most, uh, you know, uh, uproarious of the the seniors. So his bunk got covered with milk too. That's disgusting. Oh man! And we all held solidarity. Nobody, nobody oh. squealed. Nobody said who did what. You know. And that was that. And we just kind of let bygones be bygones. It's like the grossest, the most
2: <laughs> ill <laughs> liquid I could think of—milk of everything. Good oh,
1: lord! Oh man! Yeah. Ew. That yeah nasty. that was that was the most like all right we're pushing it um I mean, <laughs> Yeah well, that's hardcore. Like, it, it was like a union though. You know, it it was truly like well what are you going to do? They can't like get rid of all of us. Like we're all this is it and we just got to you can't do anything, you know. I've often said this
2: about the United States, you know, if everybody formed together as one, there's nobody could stop us. We could well, really right. make meaningful that's, change in this country.
1: You know, this is what The more you know the power of the question, right? The uh, that's right, absolutely. Uh, that but show said, so you, guys focus, you oh,
2: guys focus on milk. You guys focus on milk. So yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. That show I got to see them finally after waiting fifteen, you know, twenty two years of my life to see Rage Against the Machine. I finally saw them this summer. Hey! Rage all.
0: Are you uh, kidding me?
2: I, I mean, love Rage Against the Machine, oh and gosh, I really finally saw them. Did
1: you did in two thousand eight? Oh man, Coachella right was uh it the or was no the like uh, lollapalooza or lollapalooza. Yeah, lollapalooza okay how was so it? it
2: was at grant park in chicago yeah. it was summer late summer 08 george bush you know all that stuff the presidency oh, yeah, for right, many years right, right. the the 911 all this cha- all this frustration and yeah. it had built up into this coalesced show and all these people started tearing down the fences to just get in i paid i Bought my two hundred thirty five dollar ticket or wristband or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, right, and right, right. I'd waited my whole life to see Rage. I was massive Rage Against the Machine fan. I yeah. Love Rage Against the Machine. Always have, always will. In fact, that's a story I should have told from high school. Is that What's at the ninety seven talent show, junior year, I yeah. did, we did "Bulls on Parade" yeah. and I sang it. Me, we played it like with instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our right, talent. Right. I sang, and my other three friends did the bass, drums, and guitar. And I, during the. The solo, Bulls on Parade, you know, Tom Morello does this.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I ran around that whole auditorium. Once again, that same auditorium. I just ran all around yeah. there, like, just going like this. And then I came back to the stage to finish the song. And that was great. Yeah, I awesome. love Rage, always have.
1: Yeah, the, when when Bulls on Parade hit, it was like the third song or something. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It yeah, there's Square a Madison Square Garden. My, uh, my friend, so it's funny is that Alex Fast and I were going to go together in 2020.
0: Uh, and
1: uh and of course he's in la now and this took two years to reschedule but he already bought the tickets and stuff so he was he had four tickets including mine and i was like i gotta get rid of these was like oh don't worry and i like reached out to my friends and stuff got you know three of my friends went with me and one of them one of my best friends oj i remember (laughs) like bulls on parade hitting and after that song like grabbing me and just eyes bulging be like this is the best concert ever <laughs> <laughs> yep that's the feeling you get With yes oh, it is man, it
2: was so that good. is rage live it really oh. is i being oh. there in that 08 show finally seeing them i was 28 you know i just well, I was 27 about 228 and i waited my whole life to see them and the show had to stop a few times because people were just too intense people were getting crushed up front nobody died or anything it was okay right, but, but was, they had they stopped it, yeah. the show three times to say you know, Zach De La Rocha was like, "Please, you got to move back. We're not going to play anymore if you don't stop. Yeah, you guys right, are too right. intense." So yeah. that that was a, I'll never forget that. It might still be my favorite concert experience of all time, just because of where and when and what it was. I think, it,
1: I think it's mine. Uh, the fact that he also did it, he had a torn Achilles, and he just sat down the entire time. Zach De La Rocha. And I, I, and yeah so they ended up canceling the rest of that tour else. though yeah
2: right that's what really yeah. we were supposed to have like you the covid tickets right but it got delayed and they were going to come back for april 2023 for the final leg of that tour but they canceled it so we got that's
1: unbelievable in
2: detroit we got <laughs> left out yeah very sad for we'll us but at least i'll we'll have really that really i've them. seen them i've been there i've had the experience and oh. that's fine I'm, I'm too old and lame now i'm like i won't even have fun probably right
1: so, uh, no uh, no no not, not true <laughs> Um, I'm trying I, to
2: I'm trying to rationalize it here. No, I'm really trying to sell back. myself that you'll, I'm not missing out.
1: Again. you'll see. You know, they'll, they'll return it. Don't worry.
2: I hope so. They're them. incredible, yeah. and their rhythm uh, section, by the way, really underrated. Um, like Zachary Roach is this. St- yeah. yeah, yeah, they are so underrated. Yeah, Brad, absolutely. Brad, and uh, the bassist. Uh, you know, the Tom. guy who uh, no Tom's Tom a guitar or. player. So Tom no, 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 guitar, Tim
1: Tim Comerford, I'm sorry, Tim. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brad and Tim are incredible. They're so they they kind of are the heart of that band in a way because they, those songs really do groove, and it's because of their rhythm. I'm a drummer. I'm a bassist, so I'm always yeah. going to be a little bit partial to those people. And Tim I know they make the songs.
1: Covers doesn't let anyone view his pedals and his settings and everything. He's very secretive about it. Huh,
2: I didn't know yeah. that. That's cool. I mean oh. it's
1: an incredibly fat sound. Like it, it's like every every riff is doubled with that and it changes everything. PHAT. Fat. <laughs> so so let's let's pick up back uh, here you were at end of high school, right? Um, then you go mm-hmm. off to college uh and you quit broadcasting after your freshman year. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's where we left off. What happens after first that? week really?
2: It was literally like the
1: first ten days. Let's be very clear. <laughs> well, w- <laughs> So then after the, you were thinking, I'm going to go here because oh, you got to take en- Enberg and then you now like after a week, what am I doing? What is it?
2: Yes, exactly. So that led to got. going to school for a year, but not really being in school at all. So the total mm-hmm. failure. I I had two semesters. I had a point zero five GPA. That's my there's a transcript on file at Central Michigan still that says that technically I got a C in one class. So,
1: So, so what happened after that?
2: <sighs> so after that, it was just a series of, you know, I just. I was immature in like this lifestyle, this way in America of telling you that, hey, at least at this time in particular, well, this is 20 years ago and you got to go to college and you got to get a degree. You know, this was burned into our brains. And you know Absolutely. now that we know about college loans and all this stuff, maybe it wasn't just for everybody. OK, in fact, it's not for everybody. There are different paths, a lot of ways to go, especially today. And that's one thing. If I more. could apart anything. To anybody listening to this, just remember that if you're younger and you feel like, oh, I got to follow this track, that's just not how things are anymore. They're not. And They never were, frankly. So, yeah. i I basically kept trying to go to school, but I didn't want. I didn't have the the drive. Uh, I I was just immature, you know. I didn't have a foundation that was rock solid. I didn't. I know that now, but at the time, I didn't. I went to a couple of community colleges, and I would go sleep in the parking lot. I pretend to drive. I would. I would drive to the school in the morning to be there at 9 a.m., but I wouldn't even go into class. I would sleep in the car. It's very, oh my God. very strange. Yeah. Oh my God. But I, was, I was probably depressed and stuff, too, and I just didn't know how to deal with it. I was 18, 19, 20 years old. And after trying to do a couple of different community colleges, I I just like, all right, I'm just out here floating on a log now. I don't know what I'm doing. And then, you know, when my, my friend Brandon died in 2001, he was 21. He had just turned 21. That really changed things. And that's, You know, he had a huge impact. He's my best friend, although, you know, I was just turned 21. It was really, really sad. It speaks for itself. He died in a car accident. And then his mom agreed to pay for me to go to a broadcasting vocational school in Detroit called Specs Howard. Like it was a vocational school just for broadcasting, for radio and television and editing and stuff. And it was like $10,000 flat out. She paid for the whole thing. Oh, wow. She's like, yeah. She's like, I know that you've always wanted to do this. And this is a great way to pay tribute to Brandon that you can go do what you always wanted to do. It's time. So I ended up doing that and I did complete that. And by the end of 2003, yeah, it's a true story. And by the end of 2003, I graduated. There was like a 10 month program and I went out into the world to try to work in tv news i worked in charleston south carolina at wciv channel Four, the abc affiliate as a production assistant assignment desk editor the person who listens to the scanner and like you're waiting to hear the crimes or the things that we got to go cover that's right, a right. fascinating job and i worked as a photog yeah, and almost
1: like rooting for a crime at that
2: point, i know right?
1: holy crap see you just nailed it. This is why.
2: So I worked at WCIV. Then I went to Cincinnati, worked at uh, Channel 5, WLWT, the NBC affiliate. Very. That's a bigger city. Cincinnati's bigger than Charleston. Charleston's a beautiful city down there, by the way, in South Carolina. And I realized that's all we did. We go and cover the worst stories. Sure, there's a fluff story at the end, but we've all seen Anchorman with the the squirrel riding the uh, jet skis. Yeah, you know, hey, that's the fluff piece at the end. But the whole entire show prior to that is just, it's just about the bad stuff right. that's happening in the city. And that's what we covered. In fact, I worked at Cincinnati when the tsunami, the massive tsunami of 04 happened. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah. In
2: Asia. And I saw, I mean, the, the video footage, we got the raw video footage. It was horrible. It was so awful. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why do I do this job? Right. So I ended up quitting by 05. I'm like, I'm out. I love, I want to be a broadcaster, but somehow I'm just working in local TV news and this is not the job I wanted.
1: Yeah. So what do you do from there?
2: Well, from there, the, it's pretty logical choice. This is not bearing any fruit. I guess I started to feel a sense of what am I doing in my life that is good for society? Am I helping others? What am I doing for the people? And, Myself, mm-hmm. it, what I want my actions to be used in a good way. Sure. So I thought I would be a high school teacher, and so that's how I ended up going back to school. And then I got into University of Michigan, which is way better school than Central. Sorry, there go,
1: blue. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's right. This is the perfect time to talk about Michigan and how awesome oh, they are. I cannot Back-to-back believe Big
1: champions. I can't believe it. That was that was a trouncing of OSU. The fact it that was. they're in now is annoying to say the least urban meyer himself has said that if you don't win your conference you don't deserve to be in the championship that's a fact more could not It'll be okay more though. if they i want them to be georgia and then michigan beats them in the national title
2: that'll be even better that'll be even better just one more I time wants,
1: i want them to feel ultimate suffering to georgia after us too like we did last yeah. year bad last year I love I want, it. I'm I want all revenge for it. on Georgia. I want us to beat OSU and then beat Georgia. We need to get over the hump properly.
2: Truth is, I'm uh, not picky. If they win a national title, that's great. I mean, I, it happened yeah, once I, in my life in 97. They won a national championship. That was incredible. That was a lot of fun.
1: There are only, I, I usually say, there's just one game I watch the entire year of football, and it's OSU Michigan. And I, again, I will constantly say football should not exist. I feel like it harms so many. I Ooh. don't know about. I... I didn't
2: know this take. Uh, I didn't know this was your take. Oh, yeah. Actually.
1: Yeah. Football shouldn't exist. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I everyone. don't necessarily disagree. I don't necessarily disagree. Think about, think about all the cases, you know, about CTE because it's the NFL. But how many people play football? It's not just the people in uh, in the NFL. It's all the youth kids who go through so many concussions. They're right. affected massively by this. But you um, know this, thousands too. Thousands and thousands and thousands. Of thousands. And You know uh,
2: this, though. Soccer, other there's other injuries, too. People still get head injuries I in understand. all these
1: sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But NFL is massively different. Um, it's dramatically so. Uh, it, it becomes, uh, you know, I don't really have make an opinion. It's do anyone feel bad for it. Because, like, our <laughs> our influence is nothing. Like, should not let you necessarily not enjoy it. Because, like, I watch Michigan and you. I get it. Um, at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, it shouldn't exist.
2: I only say this because I really don't care either way. It comes down to the the only problem is that you're right. There are youths who are very young, 14-year-old kids whose brains are still developing. And if they don't know any better, which they don't, we've all been 14. Let's be honest. We didn't know any better. We trust our parents or our guardians or the people that we look to who've lived this life to make us or to help us along the proper path. So that's the only thing I would say because I thought about it being a Hey, freedom of choice, you know, free will, right. do what you will. But these are also people who don't, I yeah, I've contended this a lot. This has nothing to do with, with football. It's about teenagers just don't know what they're, they don't know what they're doing. I was a teenager. I had no idea what I was doing.
1: So. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I look anyway. forward to one game every year. It's Michigan versus OSU. And then now I get extra? Wait, what? I'm not, <laughs> we're not supposed to have extra games. We've got
2: um, bonus
1: material. That's right, <laughs> DVD extras, more movie oh,
2: references. Man. All right. So, uh, so go there's no such thing as DVDs anymore, anyways. When, I don't think. So. No. Uh,
1: when uh, when is the game? Is it New Year's Day? New Year's Eve? It's
2: New Year's Eve. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know why they have it on New Year's Eve. Uh, I well, watch no it because I don't need to party. I don't drink. Yeah, I don't uh, really do that anymore. stuff. I, so. I mean,
1: I, I I drink socially, and I, I've always drunk socially, but even less so after COVID. Uh, yeah now i'm like yeah. i'm at a party i'm like i'll just have water because i don't want to ha- have any sort of hangover tomorrow. <laughs> yeah
2: you know I, I think it's part of aging too uh, yes i've you know people that don't know me i've been in recovery from opioids for five plus years i'm very open about it it's not a secret in fact it's important for me to be honest about it so other people out there know that you can you can yeah. follow the same path i did you can get help there is help out there but i I also don't drink. Drinking was never a problem for me, and sometimes people think universal twelve-step programs don't do anything. I respect that, but I could have a drink if I want to. I just don't care to. Like you said, it's just I'm I'm pretty I'm still working on me, but I'm pretty content about having a good time. Like we at first uh, pitch there, F Paz in Arizona, we had fun, and I I honestly thought like you know what I don't really need a beer to enhance this. I these people know who I am. I know who they are, and I'm having fun. And I'm yeah, not exactly. judging you. If you want to have drinks, if you have crippling social anxiety and, you know, a beer takes the edge off, please, by all means, yeah, do your thing.
1: That can do a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's but, the uh, social it, lubricant. It, it, I know that. Yeah. It is great how open you are about it because there's a stigma, obviously, and that should go away. Yes, um, it never will, um, yeah, the but the I'll try. That, the more that it goes away, the easier we can to aid the recovery of others, right? I uh,
2: completely agree with that. It's not a shtick. People, it's not yeah. like, hey, I'm trying to get Twitter followers or something. It's nothing like oh, that. I'm just, ridiculous. yeah. Well, people don't know me. They might not know. I'm just being, I'm being reasonable. Yeah. I understand. There's a lot of, a lot of people who might think twice. But if you know me, Nick knows me. It's just part of my goal in life. If we talk about where I was, right, going back to what I was saying, you know, I wanted to do something to help people. I thought being a teacher would do that. I, right high school teacher <laughs> a little old high school teacher sounded like fun to me so when i went to michigan and i got that degree as a social studies teacher where i would be like your dad i love globes i love maps i was i thought geography was a fun class i really not did like my dad uh, that, okay well fine. maybe not like your dad but <laughs> but i in that moment i would love to have labeled as many countries as possible in a globe that sounded like fun to me when i was a kid it still sounds yeah. like fun to me now right so. So, I, um, yeah, I thought I was going to help people by being a teacher. I'm like, this will be much more noble than working in television news. And that was the goal. But that's also when I started to get into my opioid addiction. Once I graduated, got a couple, I started working as a teacher. And mm-hmm. that's when I started to slip and get more into it. So, it wasn't because of the job, though. I was just unresolved issues in my life. If you let things sure. fester, I'm telling you, yeah. like. I know this as well as anybody. Now, if you let things just continue to sit there, they will react or release themselves outwardly in your life in a way that you really never thought you wanted to end up being. Trust me on that. So, so yeah, I, I love being a teacher. It wasn't the opioids fault. I, I had a lot of fun. I was a fun teacher. I'm sure you can imagine. And people always say this to me. Yeah, bet you were a fun teacher. You were the cool teacher, weren't you? I'm like, well, Yeah, but not like a weirdo. I still had rules and discipline. And of course, I'm trying to mold the minds of young America. So, yeah, I'd like to have a laugh or two, but and I want to make things fun. But it's always about trying to help kids find their own path. And that was really what I tried to impart to them when I said earlier about you don't have to go to college right away if you don't want to You know, take a gap year. And a gap year doesn't mean you're rich and you can travel the world. It just means, you know, I'm just going to see what's going on out here.
1: Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, so how long, I mean, are you still teaching right now?
2: Uh, and- no, 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 no. I, once I, uh, <laughs> I tried it for five years and mm-hmm. basically most of those years were during my active use. So I was just, I was, it got bad towards the end. Cause I just wasn't really, I was there and I started getting high at work. And I remember when I crossed that barrier and I, re- I didn't want to do it. I held out as long as I could, but I finally did. And eventually they were very reasonable with me. I worked at, worked at a couple of private Jewish high schools, by the way, which I didn't know exist in the area. And
1: hmm.
2: I actually learned a lot about because I am I'm Jewish, uh, but I wasn't really active as a Jew. So I learned a lot about that side of me and Judaism while I was working at those schools and before yeah. I really deteriorated. I even went to Israel in 2014. That was awesome. That was oh, really is that cool. Right?
1: Was
2: yeah, that, it was, was-
1: is that through birthright? No, birthright ends when you're 25, I think.
2: Very good. See, you're the only one who got it. Most people always assume it's birthright. I was 32 no, by then. You're yeah.
1: right. Uh, well I know Not this because I went to Brandeis. And like all ah, my planet, you know. Of course. Um, yes. You but, went to Brandeis. Uh, I didn't know I that. Went to okay.
2: Yeah. 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 Man. That's I think uh,
1: but I, Yeah, it's it was um it was fifty five percent Jewish when I went. Uh, and uh, huh. I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm all my friends where I might as well be. I mean, in many ways I'm <laughs> to it. But it's just that I was not you know wasn't brought up in any way religious, so I don't assign to anything. You know. Oh, neither was I. Yeah, that's. Um, I'm yeah, with you like, there. And like I have like you know relatives that are and stuff, so I am in some fashion. But I'm not Jewish, right? Um, but uh, all my. I mean, I went to so many bar and bat mitzvahs growing up, and. Then I went to Brandeis and I just felt like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I went to <laughs> I went yeah. to Ch- Chabad once on uh, Friday night. Ah, I uh, every campus I- has a Chabad house, right? There was uh, there was Porum, uh, which was bigger than Halloween at Brandeis. Uh, during Chabad, they um, they uh, made us stand up and introduce ourselves, and then there were three <laughs> of us that were new, so we were in- you have to be invited by someone who's already going. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, to be able to go to it, to it, and then we stood up, and then all of a sudden they literally, someone just started banging on the rafters, and they all filed out and started dancing in the street and left us abandoned. <laughs> we were like, we didn't know if we were supposed what we were supposed to do, or we were supposed to join them, or we not. It was pretty cool, um, but it was very welcoming, you know. And it's very much of that culture was, hey, we are not like judging or anything. We're actually just saying this is what ours is. If you want to join us, great. And yeah. it was really wonderful about that. Um, but yeah, I remember playing, <laughs> I remember playing beer pong with the uh, the rabbi um, <laughs> uh, during Purim at the rabbi's house because that's actually where the Purim party was held. Yeah, it was at the, the rabbi's house, which is whole yeah. Like, rabbis are
2: cool. Rabbis <laughs> are always cool. Every rabbi uh, I ever met anyway. was always pretty cool. He re- they really were. So
1: um,
2: I I did dance. Dancing is a huge part of the culture. When I went out to that trip in Israel. Hmm? we have just someone's wedding and no idea who's who they were Yeah, right right right. we we were just welcome to this wedding and we danced for hours i sweat my butt off i was so sweaty and we were just dancing with and the other thing was this is more on the extreme side of judaism it was orthodox so it was just dudes only women had to like go on the other side which was
1: yeah
2: i didn't love that i gotta be that's not see that's where i'm like okay you know I respect everyone's yeah. rights to do what they want to so do is expression of their
1: was, uh, yep. yeah.
2: Yeah. And so that's the trip I went on actually, which was really weird for me. Cause I'm, that's just not who I am. I was, I was on a more orthodox trip, which they paid for. Basically. That was the deal. Hey, you, we pay for this for two weeks. We do your flight. We do your room board, everything, right, right. but you got to go to class at seven 30 every morning yep. <laughs> and you're going to have to follow our rules. So that's what yeah, I did.
1: There you go. Look at that. Yeah. Um, so then after, I. Uh, that's wild. Yeah, I've never been. Um, I mean, it, it's always incredibly, I don't know, it's rich to like an intelligent mind, like uh, for your, for your mind just to experience something you haven't before. Yes, um, just that I can, that's ex- it, exactly know? how
2: I see it, Nick. That is exactly how I see it. because right? I, I mean, I, I'm down with Judaism. I consider myself a Jew. I'm pretty minimalist, frankly, though, but. Just to go from a historical, like I said, I was a history teacher. I was really into that stuff. And it's such a tiny country in terms of land mass, but topographical variety is massive. There's deserts in the south. There's mountains in the north. There's oasis and stuff in between. It's really fascinating. That part I was really drawn in by. And I saw some of the most beautiful landscapes in the south. Looked like the Grand Canyon in a way. It was just beautiful. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. So that's my version of the Grand Canyon.
1: Did you float in the Dead Sea?
2: I absolutely did float in the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> float the Dead sea. I, I had to. It was really good for my skin. That's why my yeah, skin right? looks so good because I did that for <laughs> half an hour.
1: Well, they don't so, have
2: that, and was it Superior that you have nearby? Uh, that's actually really good for you. I mean, it's cold as hell. If you want to do yeah. that, it's good for the skin. But man, I'd I'd rather just did, probably. Did I
1: get the right lake? Did I get it right? Is it you got the.
2: It is a real lake. It's just way up north. So <laughs> yeah,
1: the nearest one to you is what I'm saying.
2: The closest one to me would probably be Lake Erie or Lake Huron. Ah. Huron's on the east. Michigan's on the west. Superior's on the north.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Superior on top. Okay.
2: Great Lakes Education here live on Pollock with friends. Yeah, you got
1: to homes, guys. That's how you remember it. Homes (laughs) are the five of them. Ontario and uh, Michigan are the other ones.
2: I took a bath in Lake Huron once. It was lovely when I was a kid. It was great. Did you? I, I had brush shampoo and everything. I I cleaned my hair and showered. It was I, a beautiful honestly, summer's eve.
1: Of all the people who have come on to Nick Pollock and Friends, I am the least surprised that it's you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, I mean, it's probably because I know you're Michigan and all, but still. That that yeah. I'm like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, I see that one. Yeah. I see that's me that, absolutely. Um, but I uh, but moving on here. So okay, so we're progressing through this. Um, After the teaching gig, uh, talk, talk to us about those years.
2: Well, I was let go in 2016 after I got out of another rehab. By the way, I got out of rehab that day and I used that night. So rehabs that are 10 days long, completely inefficient. This is just advice. If you ever happen to wander into this in your own life, do a longer term rehab. Make sure yeah. people go for longer periods of time. 10 days, two weeks. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Doesn't work. I know that. The, the evidence shows that too. So after that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try to work some jobs. And I just let more people down because I thought I was okay. And I still had to go through these trials and right. tribulations and mistakes where I thought I was okay, but then I wasn't. And this is part of the experience. But I, by 2017, everybody had enough of me and I had enough of myself and I left a friend agreed to let me move in with him in Maryland. So I moved to Maryland in late 2017 and he basically let me stay there for peanuts. You know, he charged me like 150 bucks or 200 bucks a month for rent. And he had a full colonial house. Nice. He lived in a nice suburb. Oh, wow. It was He was yeah. a family. He had a family, but the family right. had been split up because his wife and part, a couple of the kids went to the Air Force in California, she was in the Air Force. So she had to go out there and he had to stay home with the kids. So it basically became a bachelor pad of me, him and his 12 year old son. And I would drive his 12 year old son to school every day. I've tried to be responsible. And yeah. I was staying clean from that point. Slowly but surely. I was on maintenance drugs. And
1: I that's, that's I, a great <laughs> outlet. Honestly, that sounds like exactly the kind of environment you'd also need, you know. It was. Uh, I'm, I'm forever yeah.
2: in, forever in debt. I wonder, and I have gratitude to this day. He gets annoyed because I'm always like, you know what? You, he doesn't like to gloat. He doesn't want any press for it. But I tell him, you saved my life, man. You you helped me get to where I am today. It's, I'm here because of you today. I really am. And I never forget that. And he's a friend of mine. I've known for a long time. And we talked about the stories from high school. I Ubered while I lived there, I lived there for about a year and a half and I moved to Philly for five months after that. And then came back to Maryland for six months and finally moved back to Michigan in 2019. But I Ubered at night. I worked the night shift from 9 PM to 5 AM. And that was my full-time gig. So there's so many stories and so many people I met through those Ubering experiences. It was Give me one of them. Oh my gosh. I mean, uh, like some of uh, what's, ones are funny and which ones aren't, you know, I think about people are always drunk, you know, it's Ubering. They're drunk. Right. Yeah. that's what they need the uber for and it's a good thing that it exists yeah, i did yeah. pick up these i picked up these arena football players one night they were actually arena football players played in dc or baltimore there was a team there and they wanted me to drive them back to their their condo so we did that and then the whole ride there was like 45 minutes these guys were huge they filled up my little honda civic we were like full <laughs> in that car with these dudes and they're putting on all these songs, that uh, Michael Jackson and uh, call me maybe, and all these goofy songs and they were singing every single word. And they demanded <laughs> that I sing every single word along with them. And uh, it was just, it was totally surprising. Unfortunately though, when we got there, one of them had passed out and he weighed like 310 pounds. Oh, I'm not kidding. No. He we was a huge to, like, like yeah. lineman. Right. <laughs> we had to get him into the condo. He would not wake up. It was just a fiasco, man, and that was just <laughs> one of so many silly stories. I mean, I, it was oh, so man. many fat because I worked outside of Annapolis, and in Annapolis, where the uh, Navy is. You know, the Navy Academy. So you think mm-hmm. a lot of those people are, you know, they're naval cadets, and is that what they're called? Right, no, right, they're right. midshipmen. Midshipmen? I no idea.
1: <laughs> I don't know either. Sorry, I really you're the don't. Wrong person here. For Midship that. people. Like, you about the Navy, I prefer indigo, um, but. <laughs> But uh, so that, that's great. So you you really you got back on your feet in a really good way. Uh, yeah. and thanks, Uber. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, thanks to your friend too for giving you the environment to be able to. Oh to yeah.
2: It, you know? Yeah. He,
1: uh, yeah. And he uh, so so from there, uh, I'm trying to piece this all together. Like uh, getting close. It, it, yeah. So so what's next? Getting close to the current day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I moved back to Michigan in
2: August of 2019. Mm -hmm. I felt good. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go be a counselor. And that's how I started getting my master's in clinical mental health counseling. It's
1: Yeah, yeah. you'd be a great counselor.
2: Thank you, Nick. It's a natural step for somebody who's been through a lot of pain and you know the pain of others. You know know your own personal pain and people helped me. They did. So the lesson I didn't learn when I was the guy at the TV station who tried to be a teacher was I wasn't in touch with what had happened in my life. I just Mm -hmm. looked for answers. The difference in the transition for me here after being in Maryland and getting stable and staying clean and coming back to Michigan and starting to be a counselor was that I understood all of the pain of my own young life. The trauma it is, it's I feel like it's a cliche sometimes, but it is because we all have a lot of trauma in our lives. It's all across the landscape, whatever it is for you. Don't let other people minimize it. If it hurts, it hurts. And so I understood myself a lot better and I really knew how to empathize. That's the key thing. Empathy was something that I didn't really know how to apply when I was 25. But now that I was right. 40, I got it. I figured it out. So so I'm almost done with that now. I, I'm doing my internship, finishing my hours. I got to do 700 hours to get my license and then I'll be a licensed professional counselor
1: here in Michigan. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. Um, it is. So, so, uh, so where does FTN and Palazzo podcast come in here?
2: Ah, so when I came back, I started to work on the masters and I was trying to go all in on everything I never did properly. I was like, oh, I'll start the masters program. It's going to take three years. It'll be a while. And then I got to do a podcast. I mean, podcasting was getting bigger. I mean, it's even bigger now. I, I, it may right. seem crazy. I know it's 2022, but everyone has a podcast now. But three years ago, a lot of people had a podcast. Not everyone. That's <laughs> so, Right. Yeah. So I joined that, uh, I joined those ranks by starting a college football pod. It was called the Sharp Idiots with my current Palazzo partner, Christopher Deary, actually. We wanted we love Michigan football, like we said. So we want to talk about each week in college football. And we called it the Sharp Idiots. It was a gambling reference. And by 2020, right before COVID started, we switched it into Palazzo. You're we like, you know what? We love baseball. That's what we really love, right, Chris? So we started to do the pod in January of twenty twenty, known as the Palazzo Podcast, and it's been around oh, ever man. since.
1: So you started yours in twenty twenty before everyone started theirs in twenty twenty.
2: Right before, January twenty twenty. Yeah, just right yeah. before that. Oh man. So we got a tiny head start, but not yeah. really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> were you in that first uh baseball pods bracket then? In twenty twenty? I,
2: I believe, yeah, we were.
1: Uh, okay, good. You see, that's the difference right there is that you made it ah, into that first year.
2: Somebody because... snuck us in there. We signed up for it and we lucked out and we were like the 15th seat or something. But we were in it, I believe. Yeah. There you
1: go. Beautiful.
2: I met him uh, in real life a couple months ago. We, he hung oh, out in Detroit. We went to a ti- Yeah, we went to a Tigers game. He flew oh, in for great. Detroit for a business meeting and we went had dinner with me and Leanne. And we went to his mm-hmm. first ever Tigers game at Comerica Park. He's a great yeah. guy. I love love him. He's a really good dude.
1: And I meant to ask, uh, and and uh, no surprise, of course, that Chris is. Um, no. Yeah. Tell, How did you meet Leanne?
2: Well, we actually met when I was being a teacher in 2011. We met on <laughs> Plenty of Fish, of all places. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah,
1: sure. That's one of them.
2: Well, I don't know how other people think of Plenty of Fish, but back in 2011, it was kind of like the low rent. Uh, it was free. You didn't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really... I didn't meet a lot of great people through it, but somehow... I met Leanne through it in 2011. We dated for a few months. She dumped me. And then from there, it was a series of on agains off agains. But then we never saw each other from 2014 till 2019 when I came back. We didn't see each other for five years. But I had reached out to her when I was in Philly in early 2019. I emailed her. I was really depressed. I was. I was very, very sad. Even though I was still clean, I just, I felt, I felt sad. I felt like a nobody. And she helped me get out of that. And we kept emailing. We started talking. And then by the time I moved back in August in 2019, she, I asked her, hey, I actually said, you know what? We should start a podcast. I did say that to her first. <laughs> she has a great voice. I love her voice. Her voice is very soothing and it's happy. Mm-hmm. And I really thought it would make for a good podcast. But then after that, I'm like, yeah, we should, maybe we should get together too. Maybe we should get back together. And she agreed. And now here we are. That was three years ago.
1: Oh, that's wonderful
2: it oh, is she's great. incredible like she really cares about people too much i'm not kidding she cares so much <laughs> about people like being kind and sacrificing yourself for others it's almost too much at times like you gotta take care of you leanne you're a good person mm. it's okay oh, that's
1: great um yeah and i uh, you know we're i know we're pushing past an hour and i can't thank you enough for for spending all this time uh it's been great oh, this has hearing been, the story yeah. it's been wonderful this is um, cool i'd
2: I'm uh, I'm going to check the show out more often. I'm totally honest. I've never listened to the show just because.
1: Oh, of course. Because when you, you know, things, you know. It's harder know. to yes. listen to others. I understand. Thank it's you. Like
2: Thank you for saying it for me. You know the truth. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah. So.
1: Just like I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect you to be like. To my show completely. I mean, come on.
2: No, no. You got to check in, make sure it still sounds good. Of course. Right. <laughs> uh,
1: but I would never uh, expect
2: you to check out the latest episode of Palazzo. No, it's ridiculous. Right, do I don't expect anybody who's in the biz to watch. I've listened I don't, to I
1: every single palazzo podcast i'm insulted <laughs> that you would suggest otherwise go va i know I, uh, I had terrible so so i i i like asking this one a lot um because i kind of want to see you know you you're in this fun position now you are getting close to getting your um, your license in michigan which is great um, you have this new position now, FTN. You have, yeah. Um, it actually isn't really that new. It's been a full season, I think, now um, or maybe. Uh, was- I got hired
2: back in August, technically, so it's been no. about three or four months. Yeah, but but yeah. Now,
1: now you're a vet of the biz. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and I worked so at what- Tracks
2: before that. Yes, I am a vet oh, of the right. biz too. So yeah, so, yeah.
1: So what what goals do you have now for yourself?
2: <sighs> That's a wonderful question. I really don't want to. I don't care. We, yes, everybody think what you want to think. It's fine. I really do believe that uh, I'm fairly entertaining and I have a self awareness and I want to present myself to others in that way. So I love sports. I love football and baseball. Uh, I love all sports, really, but mainly those two, probably the most. There's only, it really does become true. You run out of bandwidth. It's a, it's probably a cliche now too. People say, oh, I don't have enough bandwidth to focus on hockey, baseball, no, football. It's
1: how it is. It absolutely is. I, I run if out you of want... bandwidth covering starting pitching. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Thank
2: you. You said it better than I could. And what that means, too, though, it doesn't just mean that I'm aware. It means that you're doing it well, right? Not just, OK, I know things. It's it's that you are presenting information, you're studying, you're researching it, and you could talk about it in a really meaningful and in-depth way, not that just you you know, 250 starting pitchers names, right? right? It,
1: it's, it's about being a specialist these days. And the more that you can be a specialist, the, the more you're able to stand out, I think.
2: Yeah. Let's, I think about that. And I think that's my dilemma is so many things I want to do, but you, you could do them all, but it doesn't mean you're going to be successful at them all. In terms when what I mean, successful, I mean, like, that you could make a living well, doing this,
1: yeah. But what is what is the what is that exactly? Is it you just doing a show every day on something that involves you? Is it uh, you writing more elsewhere? I mean, I'm just kind of curious. That the, I think all these conversations they should start with what is the vision in your head of yourself and what that is, and then cool. Then let's like kind of take the steps back to figure out how to grasp that, right?
2: I think you're absolutely right. That might be a a challenge I have right now. I don't have a... I like writing. I've been writing at FTN. I wrote at Fantrax before that, and it was kind of a longer form weekly, this is what happened this week, this is what's happening this week, and I throw in a bunch of silly pop culture references because they're just all in my head anyways, and it was fun. I really do enjoy the writing. It is time-consuming, though, and I don't know... I don't know that people can make a, I mean, there are people who make a living as writers, but they work at certain. It is
1: harder to do it these days. Than okay. Used to be.
2: Thank you. See, there you go. You know the truth. Nick is <laughs> uh Nick knows the biz. He does. I respect you a lot. Cause you know so much about how to get things done and how they are done when it comes to writing, doing podcasts, really content creation of any kind. So I respect you immensely in that arena because you've been doing it. You've done your own thing here. And I, I should probably be picking your brain a lot more because you do have a lot to
1: offer in that. And you've so always offered you yourself listening up to me to so. this show. Govea, This is the yeah. show for you.
2: <laughs> Clearly this is the show for me and uh, I haven't well, even I been listening to it.
1: If you're interested in that, listen to uh, off the top of my head, talking to Justin Mason about this. Uh, uh, Chris Clegg, I talk about it with um, those most recent, one of the more recent ones. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would you know any just uh, just reach out and ask. I love this stuff. Oh, I think yeah. I think those kind of conversations don't happen enough inside the space, um, which is why I want to do something like this. But it's very much hush hush behind curtains. I'm like, well, no, it shouldn't be, and it should be competition that
2: is that what happens. it is? People I are afraid that revealing secrets, or
1: I, I don't know. Um, I'm very. I like to think I'm very transparent about how we run, um, and uh, it, it's. At the end of the day, it's always about how do you get people's attention? Is it through podcasts? Is it through your articles? Is it through a video? Is it a newsletter? Whatever it is, how do you think you're best at getting attention? That is
2: Um, actually a great concern of mine now because I kind of built my following on Twitter and recent mm -hmm. Twitter upheaval.
1: Oh, Twitter's (laughs) going to be fine. Oh, I
2: completely agree. Oh, I completely agree. But there are friends I know, people who are pretty rational human beings that actually left Twitter recently. And I'm like, you're totally buying into something that's not real. In my opinion, I'm not trying to, this is not a political yeah. bent. This isn't any type of no, bent. No, it's yeah. just a matter. This is a monolith that has been around for a long time. People, especially with sports news and keeping up on the latest breaking stuffs, Twitter still serves a purpose.
1: Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a saying, I, I don't know. My friends would say it all the time is that whenever you, like, you go bar hopping uh, as a social group, with every, I think actually my my one well, of my best friends, Evelyn, would say it: is when you change locations, you lose half the group. <laughs> and uh, every time, you lose half the group, right? Um, and that's how it is with any sort of any platform or it gets destroyed or whatever. I remember actually a private torrent site. Um, some people might know what .cd or oink. Um, if any of you guys know what those are, I, I yes. applaud you for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was just about like okay what's the next one after and what's that CD was, and it was was also waffles and what's that CD after Oink, but Oink was so big. And then you split everyone again and it took years for it to become a big thing again. Right. And it's so unified at Twitter right now. And I think everyone understands the difficulty of just, Oh gosh, I don't want to restart this again. I've already, already, everybody has invested their own selves into this. I, and it's just so simple and easy. And I do understand, though, there there are some that like, yeah, there's there are things that Twitter kind of doesn't do well. And it'd be nice for them to fix and to make it better. But they never did it
2: well. That's the other they thing. Never,
1: well, I know they never have. But it's like, yeah, nice they code. never a have a place that has like a nicer UI and it has a little extra things. And like, OK, that could work, but man, you're not going to get everybody there. You're not going to allow it so like the president can just say things on it. And like we all understand it. News is reported on this. How do you know yes. about past like? It destroys, you know, I, re- I remember actually being on a, I'm ranting, I'm so sorry. I remember being on a date in like 2012 and uh, and talking about how technology is changing. And like I was working at a weird news website. Um, I mean, talking about like, I am not excited about where I am because I'm reporting on bad things happening, right? Yeah. And uh, talking about like how news is changing and essentially going from um official reporting to kind of user reporting as being the the future of it and like that's what happened i mean i i should have been you know i was like great this is kind of interesting right twitter becomes this thing where it's just there as opposed to everywhere else so it kills all these news channels um i would not be shocked if like all the ratings of all these shows of all these news channels or websites or all this kind is just destroyed because of twitter why would you go there just follow the twitter account you know right especially um,
2: for the upcoming generations the current gen i mean some of the older folks already knew their ways they were stuck in their ways they're not going to change but right. yep but you don't Absolutely. go to
1: espn refreshing the page to, to see <laughs> what the what the news is anymore no i remember i would go there i would go there once a day or something like oh i didn't know this news happened to be on the right or whatever and i'd find out Yep. like no why would i do that it's just i just sub to the things i did. oh i did pass and tweet it if pass and didn't tweet it's not real you know that was said in our, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was it was great. I was like, yeah, it's not passing. Who cares? That is so, so funny
2: because that's so true. That is so true. I think I went to ESPN once in the last three months right? because I wanted to watch the college football playoff results only because Michigan yeah, had right. made that's it. That's what and I. That's
1: like, what I've looked up is like how the Michigan team went. I was curious <laughs> at ESPN's player. Yeah, I was team logging team in,
2: and then I had but then I had to log into Direct TV because it's through their watch system and all that oh, stuff yeah. too. And I got to uh, steal my mom's. Yeah. I don't steal yeah. it. My mom gives me her. <laughs>
1: Right, TV All of us, it's like that's none of us of our generation actually have cable, right? Yeah. Uh, oh Hell no.
2: Man. Are you kidding me? I cut the all cord different. 10 years ago easy and never looked back. Yeah. <laughs> but but, yeah, but where well, I want to be and how I want to be there it, right. the overall. No, you're right. These are that was well said. I just think. I have to flesh out the vision more. You're right. And I'm not saying making a vision board or something like that. It's just do I want to be someone who focuses on writing Or is it videos that people respond to the most or, and I know we talked about this briefly at first pitch about, you know, depending on what you were doing today, would you make a website for your business or not? Right. Remember we were talking about that at the bar and and what you, yeah, I, yeah, you said, no, I I said, no. And I remember Justin Mason was there with us too. And he chimed in and said, well, maybe if it was, there was something specific. Now I'm actually forgetting what he said there, but there was, it was only a specific
1: writing. And I was like, yeah, you can Ah, do a medium. You can just start your medium blog if you want. But like creating, creating a media website, you don't even need to do. I mean, I think the best example of that is like, go to the John Boy website. It's not like a media website of articles and stuff. It's just like a a collection. Oh, you need to just go, this is the YouTube link you need. This is our store, you know, it's not a content, magazine or something like that it's not like creating pictureless now is impossible uh and it's only because i think i I think if i started trying to do pictureless today it wouldn't be even close to what it is now because it's it was just everything was received differently back then 2014 2015 it was that's how you got information more so
2: I didn't know it was that long ago you started. By the way, wow! I'm a, so yeah, much yeah. I'm learning on this show. <laughs> I would have said like 2017, mate. You know, yeah, 2014 guess.
1: it was pitcher gifts and got shut down by MLB. Oh, uh, I do remember that. Okay. And then 2015 came back as pitcher list. Yeah, gosh, it's been. This is. It's going to be my ninth season, I think next year, which is insane. Yep. What is it, pitcher list 9.0! I've been no. It's, well, it's PL8. And then I think we're going to skip PL9 and do PLX.
0: Ooh.
1: The year okay. uh, maybe we're thinking about it. We don't know. Maybe rumors. These are rumors. These yeah. are rumors. <laughs> um, but I. Uh, but no, I mean, it's it's amazing over the years how wrong I've been, yet people are still there. Because we're not in the business of being right. We're in the business of good discussion. That's like our mission statement. Um,
2: that's fabulous that's a great mission statement okay you're always so good at that stuff you really do back. know see i can put my foot in my mouth a lot more than you ever will that's that's okay i know who i am that's just like i, well, I just say things sometimes and there's no filter and that's part of my that, experience of, you
1: know i do that with you've heard an otc no, podcast and things so fast, yeah, it's like what like, like, did you just say nick i was like i don't know <laughs> just can you move on please thanks
2: that's fair it's not that we're that different in that respect it's just uh but you also you curate things in the way you want them to be and you're you know what gets you know how to get the most out of the things that you are doing and that's something that i need to get to still i don't feel that i get the most out of the time i'm spending and i want it to be more efficient and these are things that i will need to get i need to really dive in and like read stuff talk to stuff people connect and listen more because i'm not i'm not actively seeking it out i've just kind of this is totally truthful i've floated through this thing for about three almost three years now january's next month it'll be three years palazzo started oh yeah wow i've tried to i've tried to just keep doing it i'm like oh, i'm just gonna keep pumping it out but i'm not adjusting enough i'm not creating new avenues or even fine-tuning and being more efficient so that's well, that's really what i take from what the question you originally asked me how, how do i see things where do i want to be i'm kind of incomplete right now frankly
1: my uh my college coach would say Practice isn't good practice. Good practice is good practice, and uh, I take that <laughs> so as simple. like every time I would throw a baseball, I would be doing it with a purpose, right? I wouldn't just like just toss a baseball back. I would actually go through my entire windup and actually like study it and get to the you know practice something in that throw and do it right, you know. And I take I try to take that with me when it comes to like okay, if I'm putting out this article, it's for what purpose, you know. Or if I'm recording this thing, if it's like, for what? Um, and it can be hard to do because, I mean, it's, I think the hardest thing possible to, right now is to be a, it, it can be so difficult getting off the ground. Um, and I, I, there are two aspects of, I, I think of an ind- independent creator is there's Michael Govier, the brand. Um, but there's, do you want everything to be Michael Govier, the brand, or do you want it to be, Michael Govier, the brand associated with FTN and Fantrax. Is your, is your vision to be independent and, and do your own thing, do your own business and all of that? Or is it to be successful inside of the business um, under a different umbrella? Both are great. Uh, the second one is a lot easier. <laughs> it's <laughs> a lot more secure and uh, comfortable. Um, if you ask me, I mean, I'm, I'm saying it's easier because you don't have to worry about a lot of things. You can just focus on being the talent.
2: Right. Um, they cover while, all the...
1: While consular. I'm addicted to just the fun of the business. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, that, that's the thing that uh, I do this podcast for a little bit is... I mean, sure, obviously, I, I absolutely adore starting pitching. I think it's one of the coolest things ever. Um, but the the act of like creating all this stuff, all the environment of it, and the decisions to make, and the creation out of nothing is, uh, is such a fun aspect of it. you think of it and you see the steps in front of you then like okay let's do it you know that's such a cool thing to be able to do
2: well so you put yourself on the line
1: yeah right um so it's different for everybody i uh, and i'm lucky in 20 million ways uh, Pitchless exists in like it shouldn't i uh, in so many ways um, and i don't want to use it as an example for stuff because uh, i run a, a website for a company That allows me to pay the bills and everything. I don't need to take from PitcherList, right? Like I, that allows me to then invest back into the company to let it grow. And it's still like, we still only have part-time staffers after eight years, you know? Uh, So it's, it's, we're working on it, but it's a process. And a lot of people, I mean, that people don't have that time. You know, I started when I was like, God, how old am I now? 34? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is 2014. I started when I was, I mean, I started making it when I was 25. Um, ah. But uh, but yeah, you understand the point I'm making of like, um, Mike Curlin talked about this. I got to bring him on the show. I remember talking to him in person. Um, oh, he loves, I he could talk about this stuff for yeah, four hours. Yeah, I got to bring him on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just about, I, I remember talking to him in, in first pitch being like, stop comparing yourself to all these people. Like, it's stupid. Also, a lot of these people you're comparing to have been in this for like 10 years. You know? <laughs> and like, you've been at it for, and when I talked to him, it was like two years, I think, at the time. Maybe three. But like, you're like, that's, that's really hard. And he's achieved so much, you know. Um, he did,
2: Mike knows this. Mike will hear this. And Mike, hey, how you doing, buddy? Hope you're doing well. But he, <laughs> he's the master of always trying. He never lets any of the outside noise get him down. Even though you guys were having a discussion about what you were. Yeah. I get that. I but that he's, great. he always tries something new and he just Boom. All right. Now we're doing personal training. All right. Now we're doing this. He's always ready yeah. to just rock and do it. And I always respected that about him is that he does it on his own and he does it the best he can. And if it works, it works. And if doesn't, it doesn't. But he also has so many ideas too, that he's, he ends up doing, Uh, I mean, I I was originally on the Bases Loaded podcast network, which was his thing when I first came in as Palazzo. He's like, yeah, we'll bring you on. That technically was the first affiliation Palazzo ever had was his, which no longer exists now. I don't think Bases Loaded, because he's changed names and he's reformatted his own companies and stuff. So, Uh, But yeah, he's a great example of somebody who's really tried to do everything how he wanted to do it. No regrets. Maybe he does have regrets, but it doesn't seem like
1: it. So, Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a hard it's a hard place to navigate, but as long as you figure out okay, cool, what that angle you want it to be, then at least you can refine it. Yeah, he it and,
2: works and, at the Athletic. And, and I mean, he also has right. his own he got a really cool job, so. Yeah, yeah. He grinded so, and he made it happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, Govier. Uh one last question for you. Oh boy. Because um, where did the time go?
2: <laughs> no one can say for sure. I think it literally just ticked off like back. it does every day.
1: So. That's a callback. It PA. is a callback. Um, no, I asked everybody this. Do you have a mantra that you live by?
2: Yeah, I honestly don't have words. I mean, I have an internal expression of the life i live really i guess i'd have to say that uh it's all about action so
1: it's
2: it's not about the words i say it's about what i do that so maybe something along those lines you know
1: it's about the action is good
2: i'm responsible for my own actions that's kind of a i guess a mantra i I don't say it out loud but it's a philosophy i've always thought about for many many years and that i still apply it's less talk, more rock. I guess that'd be a mantra, right? I mean, really just, I mean, we're talking, this is literally the business of this discussion and this method of sharing with others, but it's about the action. Yeah. So something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I really take that.
2: Words hurt. Words can hurt, but it's what I do defines who I am in a way, not what I say. Cause you could talk hot air all day long, but meanwhile, look at what I've done. And if I've done things that have been meaningful to me and however you express that in your life to others then that's that's a good day that's not too bad that's a way to be
1: yeah, i really think that uh, i think that's great michael j govier jason govia <laughs> i should say. jason yeah I uh, i cannot thank you enough for spending this time with this was a fantastic podcast i'm glad we can make it happen and me too. Uh, before you go tell everybody once again where they can find you and what you're doing
2: yeah, you know, I work at FTN. So FTNDaily.com, FTNFantasy.com, FTN. That's a, they got three prongs over there. It's kind of frustrating. FTN Bets, FTN Fantasy, FTN Daily. When I first started working there, I'm like, what the hell is going on around here? But I've understood it now. It's basically the three pillars of FTN. I get it. I now understand that. There it is. Anyways, I work through all three, really. So check all those out. And if you really want to sign up for a subscription, you can use my promo code MJGovier. You know, it helps me out also helps you out because we got good stuff if you're into betting and daily fantasy i mean it's so good it really is like i'm doing well there i've learned things from them and i'm applying it so check all that out over there of course applause Podcast. podcasts subscribe to our youtube listen to us on the podcast platform of your choice if you prefer whichever one do you like visual medium you like the audio medium i don't care two l's two z's that's how people find it and uh I'll leave it there, MJ Govier and Twitter. I'm not leaving Twitter. I'm going to use it because Twitter will be around for a long time. And we go. I've already invested myself. I'm not leaving.
1: I'm not leaving. <laughs> you know, the amount of times I've heard you say two L's, two Z's, I love it. Um, and I, Michael, thank you so much for joining today. Uh, my name is Nick Pollock. And that was my friend, Michael Jason Govier.